0: and welcome to the Disney Explorers podcast where each week members of our troop discuss the world of Disney cultures, Disney movies, and of course Disney travel. Tonight our pirate producer RJ is a bit under the weather, but the rest of the troop is here. Today we've got Milford. Hello. Jessica. Hi everyone. Adrian. Hello. And Crystal. Hey you all. So Today, we're going to be talking a bit about my recent trip to Walt Disney World. It was a very special trip where my son's marching band got to perform on Main Street USA, but unlike a lot of bands who will perform on Main Street USA, our trip had a bit of a special twist to it. Our band worked with a very special composer, um, Robbie Sherman, throughout the year. Now, Robbie Sherman is the son of Robert Sherman. Robert Sherman. Of the Sherman Brothers, and just to give you a little bit of a backstory, I don't want to go into the entire story, but I'll tell you a little bit of the backstory about how we began working with Robbie. About a year ago, we're recording this episode in mid January, so it was about a year ago when I got the chance to sit in on an interview with Robbie. Now, Robbie knew I was there; I wasn't just listening in on the phone interview. And the interview was talk; they were talking about Robbie's life growing up with. The Sherman, growing up as a member of the Sherman family, his own youth. And then he's actually a composer. He lives in um, London now. So that was sort of the tone of the interview. And during the interview itself, Robbie was talking about his time in marching band. And the actual host who was doing the interview, he was also in marching band. As a high school student. So they were kind of bonding over that. And I could kind of hear their collective ears turn towards me. And I was never in band. I'm not musical at all. But I'm like, I'm a band mom. Band moms unite. But So as the interview progressed, he was talking about a song he had written for the Disney Anna fan club. Now, the Disney Anna fan club is a group of people who are collectors and they are preserve. they preserve Disney history Disney memorabilia some of it's quite quite nice they've got archival quality collections and some of them just love Disney and they love sharing their love of Disney and Robbie had connected with this group and actually wrote a theme song for them entitled Disney Anna he had just kind of off offhand had said he'd always wanted to hear Disney Anna arranged for marching band and played down Main Street USA to which I said I happen to know of a band who will be marching later on this year which was last month at this point but later on this year and to make a long story short I was able to arrange via email a meeting between Robbie Sherman and my son's marching band director and even more emails later My son's marching band director actually was given the permission to do the arrangement of Disney Anna for marching band and for the world premiere to be in December of 2016, which was super exciting. That that was fantastic in and of itself. Um, We found out later in the year that Robbie was actually going to fly in from London and meet with the kids at Disney World. And the specifics we didn't know at the time, but he did want to come over and meet the kids and, of course, meet Mr. Henson, who is my son's marching band director, who was doing the arrangement. It came to pass that the reception that was going to be held, that he actually had the president of the Disney and fan club had arranged for us to have a joint reception with the marching band and the Disney and fan club in the Epcot, in Epcot's Living Seas Salon. For Robbie and for the kids And it was a great chance for us To meet each other before The show and I'll tell you guys all about That actual event in just a second But So Robbie was coming over to meet the kids And the next Day was to be the Parade Now this date that was selected For our kids to march Was selected by Disney It was selected before I even knew that going to Disney was a possibility so it was selected Long before I spoke Robbie and the date the kids were to March was December 19th and we come to find out later that December 19th was actually going would have actually been Robert Sherman his father's 91st birthday so true Disney Disney magic happening there only in the realm of Disney would something that serendipitous ever ever come to pass So it just happened to be that we were at Walt Disney, at the Magic Kingdom, when it would have been Robert Sherman's 91st birthday, which really, it set the mood for the entire day. It was just, it was such a phenomenal weekend. And what I I do kind of want to tell you a little bit about the event itself at the Living Seas Salon, because that, that was where the kids got to meet Robbie. That's where I actually met Robbie for the first time in person. And it's, it's kind of funny but when you're speaking to someone who, you know, has grown up with the greats. He, he's got so many wonderful stories to tell. I spent, you know, the better part of two days with him, and he never told the same story twice. He's just such a vessel of so much Disney history. It, it was like I was, you know, and he was very engaging to ask us questions as well. And I'm like, I just want to hear another one of your stories. So the Sunday that we had actually traveled down to Orlando from North Carolina. We traveled down there on a Saturday and the next day was Sunday. That was the reception in Epcot. And if you've never been to the Living Seas Salon, I, I encourage you to Google it. It is a very unique space. It's on the second level of the pavilion and one of the walls is actually, has windows, so to speak, into the aquarium itself. It is a very unique room. We had a lunch in there and After a little bit, about 30 minutes or so into the luncheon, Robbie got up and talked about his dad and his uncle and their contribution to Disney history. So basically an entire history of the Sherman brothers talking about Mary Poppins, the music for Mary Poppins, music for Winnie the Pooh, and even their non-Disney things, Charlotte's Web, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. All of these things and, and different stories about mostly his dad, his uncle too, to some extent, but most of his focus was obviously on his own dad because that's where his connection was. So we would hear stories about his dad and stories about him, and it, it was really fun. Where the kid, you know, so the kids got to meet the Disney and a fan club members and, and vice versa. At a point, probably you know midway, maybe a little longer through his talk, he asked, you know, he kind of opened up the floor to questions. And it's always funny when a speaker opens up the floor to questions, there's that awkward moment, that split second where you wonder, is anybody going to ask anything? And my goodness, what are they going to ask? But after about two seconds, half the kids' hands just shot up in the air, and they were asking question after question after question, Robbie. And you could tell he was really enjoying the interaction with the kids and their questions because they had thought about these questions. And It it was really interesting to see him respond to them because one of the questions that I loved was, and I, I forget how the kid actually worded it. It was one of the students, and they asked if he ever felt the pressure of living in his father's shadow. I mean, could you imagine being a composer, but your dad was one of Disney's most prolific lyricists ever. And so he's like, of course I feel the pressure. I feel the pressure every single day. He was so funny, so humble about it. And he talked about, you know, reading sometimes uh, reviews of his own work, you know, where the reviewer would try to compare him to his father and just how he took it to heart where he, he he fully recognizes the Disney legend. And I mean that with capital letters. I mean, Robert Sherman is a Disney legend, the legend that his father was. And he still you know he, he takes great pride in that. But at the same time, he has to be his own person, his own composer. And he is a very good storyteller in his own right he's excellent I mean as you would expect of a Sherman he, he is everything you would expect a Sherman a member of the Sherman family to be and what my my favorite part I think of my life <laughs> and I'm not sure that at any moment could ever pass it surpass it was when Robert Sherman went over to the crystal piano that is in the space the crystal piano that says, Do not touch. Well, well, Robbie Sherman touched and played and played. Oh my goodness, he played so many songs for us. He played songs from Winnie the Pooh. He played songs from Mary Poppins. He played some of his own things too. He played songs from Lovebirds. But he closed the event with a rarely heard, in fact, most people don't even know it exists the third verse. To it's a small world. And, and most people know about the first verse and even the second, but nobody has ever heard the third verse because it was never recorded. In fact, it was only written months before Robert Sherman passed away. And I have it on my DCL Prep School YouTube channel. And it's on Facebook as well. I think I put it on the Diz Explorers Facebook page as well. It's on Facebook dot com slash Diz Explorers where Robbie actually sings the third verse to "It's a Small World" and tells the story of it, and that it was those were the last lyrics his father had ever written. And unfortunately, at that point, the video quality gets a little shaky because you know I'm crying. Sorry, sorry about the video quality, y'all. <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together and hold it, hold the camera still, and hold it together at the same time, and it's not working at all. I'm like, forget it. I'm just never going to have another moment like that. So I just let it go. But so I'm like wiping the tears and trying to hold the camera still. But that was that, that reception was really, really just amazing. And it of him to actually give the time to meet with the kids like that before the parade. And, and the parade was the next day. So the parade was at Magic Kingdom the following day, which, of course, was his father's birthday. So he was a bit, you know, retrospective and introspective, both at the same time. You know, and in, in sharing memories of his father. And he was actually supposed to watch the parade in the hub with the Disney and a fan club. They had a meeting spot and he was going to watch the parade. But then when the people at Disney realized he was in the park, they called me because I guess somebody had my cell phone number. I don't know. They called me and they asked if Robbie wanted to walk the parade route with the kids. Which was a pretty big honor for him. So, if you know anything about marching band protocol at Disney, which I don't, but I think I broke half their rules. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you do what you got to do. So, we rushed. If you know where the bands come out, and that they, they come out where Splash Mountain kind of meets Pecos Bills over in Frontierland, we rushed. We had two. Maybe three minutes to get from the hub in front of the castle <laughs> all the way to the other side of Frontierland, where the officials from Disney met up with Robbie. And you know, minutes later, the marching bands do to come right on out, and he met with the kids again and met with the Disney people. And then the parade started. I mean, that, that we literally had no time. And all of a sudden. I'm walking the parade route too. I was not supposed to be walking the parade route. I wasn't even supposed to go backstage, <laughs> but it, it just happened that I did. And let me tell you, I mean, and this is from a band mom perspective, just the reception that the kids had because the, the, the guest, the park guests really didn't know what was going on. Most of them probably had no clue who Robbie Sherman was, or that the song that they were playing, Disney Anna was actually an homage to great big, beautiful tomorrow. They just knew that these are kids and it was a marching band and the, the guests were phenomenal. They cheered on the kids and they were just happy probably <laughs> to see some entertainment, but they, they were so good to the kids, cheering them along the entire route. And I know that you know being able to walk that route meant a lot to Robbie because that's actually the first time a second generation Sherman song has been played in the parks. And after the parade it's after the marching band part of the parade because the marching bands come out before the festival event of fantasy parade the three o'clock parade they come out first and afterwards disney social media interviewed him and as we were heading towards that part to where we would go from town from town hall back to the backstage area they had a golf cart for him that i got to hop onto the golf cart as well which was Amazing! I'm on a golf cart backstage, but like 30 Stop. seconds later, Mary Poppins comes up to me out of I don't even know where she came from. It's probably magical, much like Mary Poppins in the movie. And all of a sudden, Mary Poppins,
1: Mary Poppins
0: is sitting next to me in a golf cart. I don't I know how you Her dress was a little scratchy because it had that crinoline stuff on it, but and that's I guess the texture I remember. That's what always brings it back to me. I'm like. Mary Poppins is right next to me, and I just have this stupid grin on my. Like, I, I don't even have the wherewithal to make an intelligent remark because she, I, I just, she and Robbie are discussing whatever. Well, Robbie lives in London now, so he can have an intelligent conversation with Mary Poppins, where I, on the other hand, failed miserably in that aspect. I'm like, I have no ability whatsoever to carry on a, an intelligent conversation with Mary Poppins sitting next to me. I'm like. I love you. I didn't say that. That that was my internal dialogue. Like, I'm sitting next to Mary Poppins. And of course, it's backstage. So no cameras allowed. Of course. I know. I can't <laughs> prove it happened, but it totally, totally happened.
1: <laughs> and we believe you.
0: Room, what's really neat is in that particular area backstage, there's a big, it's almost like a, it's a billboard, but it's down low on a gate. It kind of covers up. I get, it's almost like the construction walls, but it's, it's a big board and it's got all kinds of musical people eh, from Disney history. And there's a section of the board that is the Sherman brothers. So they have a picture of Robbie with that in front of that portion of the board. And then Mary comes up and the, so there's pictures of Robbie and Mary and I'm in the process of connecting with Disney social media right now So I can get some copies of the pictures of that As well as the pictures of Robbie With the kids backstage Because there, I have some pictures There was one part where they said You guys can take pictures too But the kids were in a specific location And our cameras had to be All pointed at that specific location <laughs> There's no way for us to see you know, Anything else As you frame the shot There's It was really only the kids But it, it was really neat to be able to even take a picture backstage, but it was a group shot of our kids with Robbie. And otherwise I couldn't have pointed my camera at any other direction or they probably would have cleared the memory right off of it. (laughs) You know, you just follow the rules when you're backstage. i like, I can't, I wanted a selfie so bad with Mary Poppins. (laughs) It was, it it hurt my soul just a little bit. So I I have to wrestle with myself was my favorite moment the third verse of it's a small world or was it sitting in a golf cart with Mary Poppins? And I gotta say, I've wrestled with this, but I have to give it the third verse hands down that, that it's just too special of a memory. It's too special of a, a moment being the last lyrics Robert Sherman ever wrote. And just, just the whole sing along event. I mean, Robbie, can tell a story while singing a song and playing the piano all at the same time. It's a talent I'll never possess personally. And I'm in awe of anybody who can, but just he can seamlessly play music and tell stories all at the same time. It's a true gift that we were just lucky that he shared with us at that particular time. And it was like, it was a serendipitous year. Just being able to work with Robbie throughout the year and, you know, communicate with him and coordinate this event so that the, he can meet with the kids. And at now, um, Disney Performing Arts, which is the kind of the leg of Disney that runs workshops for bands, both concert and marching bands. And, you know, in, in an educational way, they do different workshops with students and student bands. They actually have asked now to use Disney Anna. In their musical rotation for their workshops. I've heard, although I can't name names, I've heard that there are other schools, larger schools. because We are a small marching band, y'all. We're from semi-rural North Carolina. And I have now heard tell of other schools, larger schools, who are looking to use this music for their marching bands as well. So, you know, it's truly something that's starting small and organically growing bigger and bigger. And it's just been fun to be at the beginning of that. So definitely been a great year. Not quite sure how one ever top something like that. So I'm just going to enjoy it for the amazing thing that it was. And just know that this was probably one of those once in a lifetime moments that I savored every moment of it that I possibly could. And, and then some, I think. So it, it really, really was great because after the bands marched, Robbie went back to the Disney and a fan club people and went through magic kingdom with them to different rides where the Sherman brothers had composed the music. So they started off at the Tiki room. Then I think they were going over to small world and they may or may not have headed over to the carousel of progress because they wrote great big, beautiful tomorrow as well. And I was only able to join them for the beginning portion where Robbie bought the whole group, name is generous, let me tell you, bought us all dole whips. And when Robbie Sherman invites you to have a dole whip with him, your answer is yes. <laughs> Always yes. And now that they've moved where the dole whips are over to right, it's adjacent to where you go in and queue up for the tiki room. So we all got our dole whips or our dole whip floats, and then we headed over to the tiki room. And it was just really, really amazing to he was telling stories about that particular piece of music but when we got inside and the music started and maybe it was just part nostalgia part reminiscing and definitely part of the fact that it was his father's birthday you could just see the look on his face just it's just a peaceful happy you know look of just being surrounded by his father's work it was such such an amazing weekend amazing time there and then unfortunately I didn't get to go with them as they went on to small world or anywhere else I had to get back to the students so I said my goodbyes and just knew that you know that's it's it's something that will probably never happen again in my lifetime but wow I was so glad to be there when I did so that that's my Robbie Sherman story and I'm I'm still kind of on cloud nine about the whole thing. I, I still can't believe it actually happened. <laughs> because it started off like, yeah, I'll, I'll, we can talk about working this out. And it, it's one of those things you just never thought in a million years would actually come to fruition. Like stars had to change their orbits to align to make this happen. And it just did almost seamlessly. And everything. You know, from hooking Robbie up with my son's marching band director to the arranging to organizing the events for him to meet with the kids and then the parade itself, it just everything seemed to line up. I mean, there was a lot of work in there for other people, not necessarily me. I, I just made, you know, lists and got people in touch with each other. <laughs> I, I didn't do the real work, I didn't do the, the composing or I didn't have to learn any music myself because I don't do that. But it, it's just amazing how everything lined up, one you know, one star after the next, to make it all happen so so seamlessly. It, it was just magical. Sounds like an awesome time. Quite jealous. Yeah, yeah. Mary Poppins in a golf cart was pretty pretty awesome. <laughs> Even Mary Poppins has to get around somehow. It's too bad Bert wasn't around. I love him. <laughs> I actually met Bert at Disneyland. You did? I did. Oh. It was in, what year were we there? It was 2011. And I, I've got pictures with Bert. Just Bert. Not Mary too, but just Bert. He let us hold his cane and taught us how to dance. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> mm hmm. So I, I've got some good Bert memories as well. But it was pretty awesome. And, you know, just to hear him talk about his dad, I mean, you know, we talk about our own dads, and it's. And he does that. He talks about his dad like it's his dad. And I'm like, your dad's Robert Sherman. <laughs> and it's quite, you know, interesting to hear people who grow up. You know, he was actually the drum major of his own marching band, and he went to Beverly Hills High School. So he was, you know, the marching. He was a drum major of a much larger band than what we have. But and there's actually pictures. If you go to Robbie, I think it's robbysherman.com There's actually pictures on the website of him. In his drum major uniform at Disneyland. So. Wow. He, he has a healthy, healthy respect for di- for marching band and what it means for young musicians. So he, he really loves the whole driving philosophy behind marching band as an educational tool for high school students. Which I think is kind of what made his, made this project really go forward. Was just that he ha- already had that spirit in him. And I think the kids felt that the kids really were like, he's so great. The kids just lit up. And even for days afterwards were talking to me about it. And it was, it was really neat to hear their take on it, how excited they were to be able to talk to him and that he would, you know, fly it. I mean, I guess we're a little marching band from North Carolina and he would fly all the way to Orlando just to meet with them and to see them and to see them play his music. That meant so much to the kids. So I'm hoping it's something that they'll never forget because I know a number of them, even in my own group, there were three kids in my own group who had never been to Disney World before. And that so many of our students had never been before. And I hope for most of them it's not their last time, but I have a feeling that it might some for some of those kids, it may be their only time going to Walt Disney World. So hopefully not so much, but it, it, it was it was really an amazing, amazing time. And I I think I can use the words fantastic and amazing and wonderful and magical only so much. (laughs) But it just seems to be there's there's no other stronger words I have. And right now he's actually he has a show called Lovebirds that he's composed. And he's in California at the moment doing rewrites for the stage production. So it's kind of in that stage of the process. I've got a CD of the original workshop production of lovebirds and it, it's it's such it's a charming story it's great he, he's just such a good storyteller on his own so I'm excited to see what where the rewrites lead and to see the actual stage production of lovebirds so that'll be that'll be an exciting thing too as the Sherman story continues that is all I think I can say about that I, can't, I don't think I can gush about that anymore it's just an unbelievable experience.
1: That's pretty cool. I wish we could have done things like that when I was in high school, band.
0: It was, you know, it was such a right place at the right time to make it happen. And honestly, you know, even in the early discussion, I had no clue how interested both parties were in actually making it a reality. It's always like, yeah, it sounds good and talk, but, you know, are we really going to do it? And I didn't know if my son's marching band director had other plans for the trip as far as music to be played or whatever, but it, it was just so great to seize that opportunity for what it was and to really be able to enjoy it throughout the whole year. So it was fun to be, to play my own small little part. Like I said, my part was just being in the right place at the right time. <laughs> I am ever so glad I was. Milford, what did you play in marching band?
1: Oh, let's see. Alto saxophone. Okay. Tenor saxophone.
0: That's what my son occasionally plays. Occasionally
1: marched with a bari sax. <laughs> Which is fun. And yeah, I
0: didn't really think a berry was actually a marching <clears throat> band instrument.
1: Well, you know, it you just can make depends it work. on the song. You
0: can um, make it
1: work. Yeah. Um, Saxophone and then players. Senior year, I played Tim Toms because I didn't get to be drum major. Aww. So, it was my consolation prize. <laughs> Which was fun. Anybody, so.
0: anybody else in the marching band? Not me. Yeah. Also, not musical. Yeah, I'm so not musical. I'm very thankful for the fantastic music educators in my children's life because otherwise my kids would not know how to read music or do anything musical, and they all do. So, yay for music educators. <laughs> fund art, fund the arts in the schools because it, it's meant everything to my kids. It's something that, you know, I, I can help my kids out with math. I can help my kids become stronger readers but that's something that i can't do i can't teach them anything (laughs) musically so i am very happy that there are instructors willing to stand in front of middle school and high school students who have never touched musical instruments before and are brave enough to teach them and teach them well we have some fantastic arts instructors in our school district and we are very very lucky to have them I think that does it for this particular episode, my, for my trip report episode. Uh, I'm glad you guys were able to listen in as I was sharing my story of the year of <laughs> being able to meet with Robbie and make this particular exciting event happen. You can always get in touch with us through our website, which is DizExplorers.com, where you'll see all the members of the troop and how to get in touch with us on our various social media outlets. You can also find us on facebook.com slash Diz Explorers. It's D-I-S Explorers. And we thank you for all of your great feedback on iTunes. And until next time, my name's Melanie and we'll see you real soon.
1: Bye-bye. The smile means friendship to everyone Though the mountains divide and the oceans are wide It's a small world after all So I sang you the first verse, which is, it's a world of laughter, a world of tears, it's a world of hopes and a world of fears. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware it's a small world after all. It's after all. And then there's a second verse, which people don't tend to know because it tends not to make it to the ride so much. And it's more about geography. There is just one moon and one golden sun. And a smile means friendship to everyone. It's an amazing thought. Songwriters, it's an amazing thought. A smile means friendship to everyone. Think about that. It's universal. Every culture, every language, somehow, a smile means friendship to everyone. It's a brilliant line. Though the mountains divide and the oceans are wide, it's a small world after all. And then, of course, it's a small world after all, which we'll sing. Don't worry. <laughs> And then my dad, so then my dad came up with this thing. It took him about 10 minutes. And this is the verse that he wrote 45 years after he'd written the original song with my uncle. Uh, It's a world of wonder, a world of worth. And in years to come, we'll know peace on earth. We will open our eyes and we'll all realize it's a small world, after all. That was the last thing my dad ever wrote. Man, and he got sick about six months later, but that was the last thing that, that he did. So it was very poignant that the most translated and performed song on earth—it's a small world after all—and uh, his most famous song, as well, obviously, was uh, was also something that he would bookend his his life and career with.